Hey y'all, it is Hannah here and I am excited to bring you a podcast episode um, that's kind of a follow-up to Chasing Failure in the sense that it is by, I was inspired by um, the same author who wrote Chasing Failure and I am starting to read his next book or another one of his books called Unoffendable. And today the podcast episode is uh, part one of a multi-part series um, as I dig into this new book and I just had to share what I was learning um, from the book and so if you dug into Chasing Failure and listened to it or were reading it I'm so happy that you joined along with me and I am excited to bring you um, some thoughts from Unoffendable and again the author is Ryan Leake I can't wait for you to join in today sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me raise your hand if you're in your car whatever wherever you are and you can raise your hand in your head if you've ever heard that before sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me how awesome would it be if that statement was true we want to think it's true right but man how hurtful can words be sometimes one of the top killers of our own happiness is an offense when someone says something that hurts our feelings that cuts deep, that makes us question something that we believe about ourselves. One offense has the ability to ruin a day, a week, a month, or even perhaps an entire year. Sometimes it's not what was said per se, but who said it that hurt could have been your boss or family member maybe you still remember a time when a teacher criticized you or said something to you that cut deep a coach someone you look up to other times it's not related to someone who said it at all the pain of the offense is coming directly from the core of an already established insecurity. Maybe someone made a negative comment about how you look and the statement itself hurts so deeply it continues to have the ability to make you obsess over your appearance. Regardless of our age, our wealth, or our relationship status, no one that I know is exempt from offenses. It's really part of our human nature and it's built in us to want others to think highly of us. Okay, it feels good when we're at the store and someone compliments our outfit or it feels good when 
We have a professor in college who says, you know what, that paper you wrote is one of the best papers I've ever read. We want to be desired. I think about when my principal has dropped a note in my mailbox that said like, hey, thank you so much for putting in the time and effort with our FFA kids. I appreciate it and I know they do too. Like that feels so good to be seen. And ultimately, like that brings me happiness. We want others to think like we have it all together, right? When we hear criticism, what happens is those negative opinions of ourself impacts our self-esteem. And our self-esteem is, we have that feeling that our self-esteem is being attacked. It's one thing for you to feel successful, but it helps if other people agree. Right? Like, oh. Ultimately, it is our desire for other people to agree with the highest opinion we have of ourselves. We want people to agree with what we continually tell ourselves about ourselves. You can tell yourself you're a great teacher, but your students and your principal's opinion plays a role in how confident you feel in the classroom, whether we want to admit it or not. And I can speak from experience having different principals within the past few years, how one principal makes me feel versus how another did and how that impacted my confidence in the classroom. You can see yourself as a beautiful person, but until you hear a compliment congruent with what you thought, you may not believe it. We have all had a moment where someone says something that makes us feel unappreciated. We have all had a moment where someone says something that makes us feel insignificant. We've all had a moment where someone says something that makes us feel undervalued. Maybe it was a racial slur. Maybe it was a sexist remark. Maybe it was a new teacher who took your previous position at a school Maybe it was a heated conversation with your spouse and lines were crossed. Sometimes it's not what a person said, but it's what they never said that you long to hear. Where you hear other people being complimented for the exact same thing you work your stinking butt off for. Perhaps the school's decision to not give you tenure made you question your own abilities. You're confident in the work you do, but in your mind, you will never be as good as fill in the blank. Offense can come from anywhere, anyone, And the closer the words come to devaluing what we treasure about ourselves, the stronger the sting.
What if I told you? <laughs> what if I told you? Not told you. What if I told you that you could live a life where you are unoffendable? Your life could have purpose. You could hear an offense and know what to do with it. What if I could tell you when offenses would come and you could prepare yourself and handle them before it reached your heart? Here's the, th here's the deal, friends. Offenses will come your way. There's no doubt about it. And you can get offended, but you don't have to stay offended. I think about in middle school. I feel like that's some of the hardest times for people as they go through puberty and everything's just kind of awkward. Oftentimes there's kiddos that are still growing into body parts, some kids that have baby faces. I think about my own kiddo who has a real big head and I'm hoping he grows into it. But I think about in middle school how I took on those offenses, how I took on some of the bullying that happened. And what was super easy to do was to beat them to the punch, right? So I feel an offense coming on. I feel like someone's going to make fun of me. And what do I do? I just go on the defense. Let me have better jokes than them. Let me have some good comebacks. Let me do some self-deprecation so that they cannot do that. But what often happened, or what often happens in those situations is in the defense, we're either hurting ourselves further creating stories that are not true or hurting others in the process of defending ourselves. And that last one, I don't really know what my impact was on other people. Results of defenses remain really blurry. It's hard for me to know how I may have hurt it or how I may have hurt other people in the process of defending myself. And here's something that's really interesting is we can so clearly remember who offended us. I will still remember the girl in the gym locker room who when I had on this new skirt that I just loved said mm, nice skirt and rolled her eyes I remember her face I remember everything about that and I remember I did not wear that skirt again because of her but on the flip side of that we cannot remember who we offended 
I think back to middle school and high school, I think back to college, and I, I think about my time as a teacher, and I cannot think of who I offended. And furthermore, I don't know if I did, I, whoever I have offended at some point, I don't know what the impact has been. Ironically, part of us is still at the middle school lunch table when it comes to defenses. We have learned the defense mechanism as teens that can creep in when we become adults. One of the most underrated defense mechanisms we have is our ability to criticize other people. And we might not do this out loud, it might be in our head, and most of us seldomly do it out loud, right? But we privately diminish someone else's success. And in our heads, that makes us feel better about our own shortcomings. Now, I think it's really important that we step into the place of acknowledging things, right? And one thing that we need to acknowledge is that friends are not secret competition. When we are genuinely happy for them, good things will come. It's hard, and I've been in the place where a friend gets engaged and you've been waiting to get engaged for so long, or another friend gets that job that you applied for and were hoping to get. Someone gets promoted or someone gets the opportunity to be an ambassador for an organization that you applied for and wanted to be an ambassador for. And what happens is these situations make you feel as if someone else's winning is somehow a direct result of your losing. Comparison has a way of making you feel as if another person's success equals your failure. And I think that's so important to acknowledge and so important to digest that comparison comparing yourself against someone else has a way of making you feel as if another person being successful means that you are not we need to manage our feelings of comparison or you will constantly be looking for flaws. And I just think about that, like a a life or a space where you are looking for flaws in yourself or looking for flaws in others does not seem fun. Does not seem fun. And that's where you will need to make the decision on your own and you need to decide what kind of life you want to have. Is it the life of a cheerleader where you are so excited that the team is winning? Or are you on the side of being a hater? 
picking out the flaws and calling them out. If I think about my friends and family, I want to be finding every little thing that is going right, that is a win, and saying, yeah, that was awesome. Keep up the good work. I'm so proud of you. I think in that choice, you have to decide what you want to be. Do you want to be the best speaker? Do you want to be the best author? Do you want to be the best filmmaker? With the caveat that you can be. I want to be the best teacher that I can be. I don't need to write better than the best author to be an accomplished writer. I am not trying to be the best, but simply trying to give my best. I am not trying to be the best, but simply trying to give my best. The goal is to bring out the best in others and not to put them down. And when I think about that, when I say that, the goal is to bring out the best in others and not to put them down. It seems so elementary, but our brains automatically go to that defense mechanism of criticizing others to defend ourselves, to put up a wall around ourselves. You will not be able to control all of the people who offend you in your lifetime. It's just not going to happen. But you can be intentional with your part in the conversations you have with other people. And I think about that idea of, I do not know who I've offended. That is blurry. That's blurry for all of us. We don't know the impact we've had on other people. But you can be intentional with your part in the conversations you have with other people. And that comes with making a decision. Make a decision today that the goal of your future conversations and interactions with others will be to bring out the best in other people. One of the, the people that I know that does this really well is Sarah Nurswick. And she does it with her students. She does it with the Green and Growing team. She does it with her family, with coworkers, is asking them questions. Trying to get to know them on a deeper level. Providing them with compliments. Telling others specifically what they're good at. Reminding them of a time they did something funny or impressive. 
when we step into that space of making a decision that the goal of our conversations and interactions will be to bring out the best in other people, we're focusing on others and we're focusing specifically on getting to know them more, genuinely caring for them, and looking for the absolute best in our conversations and interactions with them. Now, I know that if you're here and you're a part of our green and growing community, that you are so ready to look for the best in other people. And I cannot wait to hear and see what impacts you have in your classroom, in your county, in your district, in your family, in your friend circles, by choosing to have conversations and interactions with others that will bring out the best in people. Y'all are so great. Have a fabulous day. Bye-bye, everyone.